Welcome to the Woodland Sermon Podcast. My name is Thane. I'm the Woodland Online Campus Pastor here, and I'm joined today again by our good friend, Pastor Steve Norman. Good morning, Pastor Steve. Thane, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. You just got back from uh, sunshiny Florida, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. But now it's now it's back to Michigan, back to the grind, jumping back into the swing of things. It's awesome. Well, hey, it's okay. We're starting to get some spring weather around here, and let me tell you, there is nothing like Michigan summer. It's a beautiful thing. I love Michigan summer. So uh, today we started a brand new series called A Journey Through Luke. And yeah, I would love to just kind of hear what what about the book of Luke do you like? Like, Because it's kind of the beginning telling of the character and the mission and the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. So give me a little bit of an overview of the book of Luke. I think one of the things I love about Luke is it's really the first half of, of, of a complete book, which is Luke Acts, right? So Luke didn't necessarily write those separately. He wrote them together. And it's the one gospel that we have as somebody who starts with the story of Jesus and then goes immediately into the birth of the Jesus movement, or we call it the New Testament church. So I love how Luke kind of is able to, to weave those seamlessly into one package. And so Luke's description of who Jesus is flows really smoothly into who Jesus calls us to be as his people trying to live out his kingdom values in our particular context. Yeah. And one of the main points of your sermon today was talking through the question of who do we think that we are? Yeah. And it's kind of a matter of identity there. Of, Absolutely. Of navigating. When you look at the story of Jesus or you look through the, the book of Luke, what do you take away there when it comes to identity? Yeah, so I think that because Jesus was both fully God and fully man, there was something about the man part of him that needed to be affirmed uh, in and anchored in his identity. And God the Father does that for him at his baptism. God the Spirit affirms that, and God the Son receives it. So there's something about like this whole very mysterious Trinity moment where Jesus is anchored and affirmed very clearly in his identity. And that's able to fuel him forward into his mission and able to help him, uh, make, makes him able to navigate a lot of tricky circumstances, including the spiritual and political resistance that he meets on day one of his ministry in his hometown. Yeah. You, you talked about the the story where Satan brings him up to the, the mountaintop and he's tempting him yeah. with, with power, with influence, with status, with all these things. And it really exemplifies that Jesus was man, but he was so set in who he was. He knew that he was also God. He, he was Absolutely. holy. He was set apart. Um, that, that story has so much power. It's one that we can kind of easily skip over. We're like, oh, of course right. Jesus would say no to that. He knows <laughs> who he is. Of course he would. But like the, the man side of him. There's a reason that it happened is because there was a possibility. There still was a choice. Sure to be had. Yeah. And the end of that passage says that the devil left him until there was an opportune time. So the devil challenges Jesus on two points. He challenges him at the beginning of his story and he challenges him at the end of his earthly story. Right. Right. And so, and at both of them, he's kind of using the same, the same temptation, which is, are you who God says you are? And can God be trusted? Hmm. And Jesus is able to answer with with an affirmative. I I know that I belong that I, that I am God and that I belong to God, and that as a result, I can I can trust Him even when the circumstances are challenging. Well, and I, I feel like the wilderness plays a big part of that too, because so often I feel like so you you joked about COVID obviously in your sermon of COVID was kind of a time of isolation. It was a time sure. of where if you weren't careful you could start to have the enemy start to speak lies into who you are, into what your purpose is, into all those things. 
And it's hard because I remember looking back almost a year ago today at the beginning of the shutdown, like community and connection is where we can find a lot of strength in our faith. We find a lot of strength. There, there's power when, when two or more are gathered. And that wasn't happening right. a year ago. Right. So I think a lot of people can relate to kind of what you're talking about today is there's, there's an isolation that comes when you're not connected to community. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, although God certainly celebrates and affirms the value of community, he specifically led Jesus into a time of isolation to learn some things that Jesus could only have acquired in that in that environment. Yeah, and I good. think God loves us enough to be able to say, all right, there are some things that are healthy and good and right for you, but I'm going to put those on pause for a season so we can drill down to another level. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the second question you asked is, what am I supposed to do? Kind of a, a matter of purpose is, what do I do? Because yeah. once you know who you are, Jesus was not just a a king or a deity that came to earth to exist. Right. He came on mission. Yeah. Because there, there, there was a start time and there was a end time of his time being holy man, holy God right. on earth. Right. Um, speak, speak a little bit to that of kind of first the story of Jesus of how he handled himself, knowing that he wasn't just there to exist, just to be a king on a throne. He was there on mission. Yeah. So I think that 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 Luke 4, when we see Jesus at Nazareth, he reminds people right out of the gate that his the scope of who he's there for is not just the people of Israel, but even the people who are beyond the people of Israel. And that was that was groundbreaking. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it definitely rattled their cages. And so for Jesus to be able to say, I am here and my mission is bigger than what you perceive it to be. And parts of my mission are even going to make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, is something that sometimes it's easy for us to gloss over. The other thing I love about Jesus is he was so, so powerful and so popular that if he wanted to, he could have just set up a home base in Capernaum and camped out there. Yep. But the very last verse says that Jesus is choosing to go into other places. So the the mission is mobile. And yeah. I believe that nothing apart, there's no part of our journey that is static either. And even if God has us kind of stationed in the same place, like a town like Battle Creek, that the, the, his move is always fresh. Yeah. And he's always calling us to, to a new act of obedience or a new threshold of faith or a new kind of version of, of trusting him and declaring him in the, in this week and in this season. Yeah. And one of the things that you talked about today again that uh, we spoke of, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago now, was is, is comfort the primary goal. Right. Because if comfort's your primary goal, the way that you act, the way that you shine Jesus, the way that you talk with family and friends is going to be different. Yeah. Because being on comfort and being on mission are two very different things. Sometimes God puts us in very uncomfortable places. Yeah, absolutely. And I forgive me if we talked about this before, but when we look at Paul and Paul's like, yeah, I've been beaten with rods this many times. And I've been beaten this had 40 minus one lashes this many times. I've been shipwrecked this many times. Paul, Paul is the epitome of somebody who's like, Hey, following Jesus is not, is not comfortable. But it's always, always worth it. I think it was Craig Rochelle that said sacrifices when you give up something that you love for something that you love more. Mm. And Jesus' love for the people that he came to redeem always eclipsed and outshone his commitment to his own um, convenience or comfort. And we are where we are because Jesus said no to comfort and yes to mission. Yeah, it's really good. You you spoke about how Jonah, because Jonah was given a hard mission. Like Absolutely. He was literally sent to the most hellish yeah. place on earth in Nineveh right. and to tell them to turn and, and, to, and to go into this process of healing and restoration with the Father. But you, uh, you said a quote where you said he was more excited to see their destruction than to see their deliverance. Yeah. 
in, in today's culture, I feel like that's so pertinent in how our how America and how our culture is shaped. We just came out of an election season a couple months ago. Sure. And people are looking whether you supported Trump or Biden or whoever throughout that process, people are now looking for failure on either side. And I see I see Republican people or Democratic people when Trump was in office getting excited when there's destruction or getting excited when there's turmoil or failure. And that breaks my heart. Right. How how do we walk this out in our day-to-day life of Okay, if I truly love my enemy the way that Jesus says to love my neighbor yeah. and treat him as myself, how do I do that when everything in our culture pushes against that? Yeah. When we're told, stand your ground, stand up for what you think is right. Yeah. And this this idea of rights is so strong right now in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the scriptures... Jesus is speaking to a Hebrew audience, and the Hebrew audience is primarily communal. Decisions were made as a tri- as a tribe. Mm. They're made as an entity. Then, without getting too much into history, but the whole idea of individual personal rights is really a phenomenon that came as a result of the Enlightenment. So it wasn't mm-hmm. until the 18th century that we started thinking about personal property or until the con- Constitution and the early French and American governments talking about individual rights. So that, in the scope of history and biblical history, that is a Pretty yeah. recent phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it, that it's not important because I think that there are Judeo value, Judeo Christian values yep. about individual worth and dignity and value that's hardwired in the Constitution that is reflective of, of the heart of 100%. God. Um, but to the point that we say, like my my national identity or my tribal identity eclipses eclipses my kingdom identity. That's that's when we start to have a problem. Yeah. And that's when we're at the risk of idolatry. So I think that one of one of my pastor friends said that sometimes we need to remember that our responsibilities to the gospel mm. always trump our personal rights. Yeah. And um, that that's, you're right, in this climate, that can be a hard thing to hear. It can be an even harder thing to live. And part of the part of the beauty of community is, all right, well, when we rub shoulders with people who are redeemed of their own darkness in different ways, we got to figure out um, that, the, that the ultimate thing that we all have in common is our need for Jesus yeah. and our need for salvation and our need for transformation. And if I can start with my point of need, then I can move towards a point of love that yeah. says, all right, whether somebody differs from me politically does, doesn't mean that they're any less loved or any less cherished um, in, in, in the eyes of Christ. Yeah. And I think that's so important. A lot of times we read the Bible through our Western lens right. when it's re- written in an Eastern context. Yeah. And I, I think you put that really well. And that's one of the things about the church that I think is so beautiful is the goal of the church. If the church is truly at its healthiest, it looks confusing because you have so many different types of people from so many different walks of life with so many different kinds of views and experiences. And the church is not at its best when it, when we all look the same. The church Absolutely. is at its best when there is different walks of life represented. And I think it's one of the be- most beautiful things about the church. Yeah. And when you read any one of Paul's letters, <laughs> he's always trying to figure out with some kind of mess. Yeah. Either there's sexual immorality in Corinth or there's racial division in Galatia. When people come to the come to Christ together um, from different backgrounds, it's going to be messy. Yep. But it's that messiness that shows, A, that we need grace, and B, that a trans it takes a transformed community to transform communities. Mm. And, and that's what God's inviting us into. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of transformation for the gospel and not just change for political correctness. Absolutely. And I, that's the thing I love. And that's one of the things I love about being here at Woodland too, is 
there's one of our core values here is past, honored, future, embraced. It's great. And over the past five years that I've been here, I've seen an unbelievable amount of people that are 70, 80, 90 years old who have been here for decades. I was talking to um, a gentleman here that's been coming here for 40 years. Wow. And then someone else, I was talking to a 22-year-old guy in the front row after service uh, this morning, and he's been here for a month. Wow. And I'm like, there is such a spread of Jesus works in such amazing ways where there is things that only that person that's been here for 40 years, there's only experiences, only wisdom, only discernment that he can have. Yeah. And then there's a passion, there's an excitement that only this 22-year-old can have. Yeah. And when we can coexist in that and work together, I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I love is ultimately the gospel is a, is a restorative story. Absolutely. It's bringing people from different areas, different walks of life. Like you said, it was mobile. It's not just, it wasn't just Bethlehem. It wasn't like it went from country to country, from city to city, from Egypt to Bethlehem, like all over the place. And that when you see life change and transformation, you know that God is in the room. It's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Pastor Steve, thank you for joining us. And obviously, we're going to get to see more of you over these coming weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to it. As you're going to be kind of leading us through this message series on Luke. So uh, we'll catch up with you more next week. But that is all that we have for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll catch you next Monday for another episode of the Woodland Podcast.